Good morning, BCC, um, and good morning to you watching online as well. Um, as Pastor Nix just mentioned, my name's Kim, and I'm part of the staff team here. I work in the finance and administration department, um, and it's a real pleasure and an honour to have an opportunity to share a message with you again this morning. And we're in week eight uh, of a message called The Last Supper, and so far we've been looking at the different teachings of Jesus and his different examples, and we've looked at how he shows us how to serve, we've looked at free fruitfulness and what that's meant to look like. And then last week, Pastor Nick brought us a great message on the Spirit, on who he is and how he operates. And so today, we're going to be looking at the subject of friends and what it means to have Jesus as our friend. And today, you can follow the message on the YouVersion Bible app as well. If you search under the events section and put Birmingham City Church in there, that will take you to our live event so that you can follow the scriptures and the message as we go through this morning. Now, I love that video that we just watched. I think the kids are so sweet. But I think it also demonstrates to us and shows us that even as really young children, from a young age, we already start to get an understanding of what friendship is actually meant to look like. And I don't know about you, but when you were at school or when you were younger, did you ever write on notebooks or anywhere else uh, something like Kim and Kate BFF, like best friends forever? Yeah? Um, and how many times when we were younger did your best friend actually change? Yeah, mine changed a lot as well. <laughs> but I think it's interesting that in social media platforms such as like Facebook, for example, it used to be all about friend requests and how many friends you had. But have you noticed that like today, with, with platforms such as Instagram and TikTok, just for example, it's less about friend requests and it's more about followers? And would you say that that's kind of reflective of life and society today? You see, you can have many different people following you without them really knowing you, without them really knowing you at all, without them actually, in most cases, ever having even met you. And so the message that I want to bring today, the main point is, Jesus has chosen you. He's chosen you. And he wants you to be his friend and not just a follower. And so today I just want to look at that and how that, that plays out. And so first we're just going to share a little story. So me and my family were really close. I'm the eldest of four siblings. And we enjoy spending a lot of time together. Um, me and my sister, for example, Becky, we enjoy getting, up, getting together for coffee. Um, and one of the things that we really enjoy, enjoy doing is going out for walks. And we go out for long walks. And we've got this kind of joke between us because two things have to happen when we go out for a walk. Firstly, we have to go around a traffic roundabout twice, if not three times, on the journey there or back. And secondly, we have to get lost. And I'm so glad that mobile phones now carry that GPS and maps option on there because we've had to use that a lot. And it's kind of funny as well, because it doesn't matter what the weather forecast says it's going to be, it can say it's going to be hot and sunny, but every single time we go out for a walk, it pours it down, like proper pours it down. And so if you're ever wondering what the weather forecast is going to be, just come and find out if I'm going for a walk, because that's going to be the more accurate weather forecast for you every single time. But you see, with me and Becky... She's my family member, she's my sister, but she's also my friend because we do life together. 
And you know what? I've also got family members who maybe I don't see, or see them so often. They're kind of a little bit more distant. Um, maybe we see each other at certain celebrations and occasions, like family uh, weddings and funerals, for example. Does anybody else relate to that? And yes, they're still part of my family. Um, it doesn't matter how often we see each other. They're still part of my family, and nothing's going to change that. But before we can look at what friendship with Jesus actually looks like, we first of all need to lay down a really important foundation, and that's this. When you accept Jesus as your Lord and Savior, aside from the opportunity of having him as your friend, you have now been adopted into the family of God. And in Galatians 4, 4 to 7, it says, when the right time came, God sent his son, born of a woman, subject to the law. God sent him to buy freedom for us who were slaves to the law so that he could adopt us as his very own children. And because we are his children, God has sent the spirit of his son into our hearts, prompting us to call out, Abba, Father. Now you are no longer a slave to God, slave, but sorry, but God's own child. And since you are his child, God has made you his heir. And even at the beginning of John, which was the book that we're looking at at the moment, in chapter 1, in verse 12 and 13, it reads, But to all who believed him and accepted him, he gave the right to become children of God. They are reborn not with a physical birth resulting from human passion or plan, but a birth that comes from God. And see, what this means is that just when we are physically alive and born, we are placed in our parents' family, when we are born again in God, it brings spiritual life and places us in God's family. And this is what it means by adoption. But there's a key difference here. And this is that in the physical, in a human sense, human beings don't get to choose their family. We don't get to choose what we are born into, but we can choose our friendships. But with God, first of all, he chooses us. He chooses us first. He chooses us to be in his family, and he chooses us to be his friends. And then we get to decide, and we get to choose whether we want to accept that offer to be reborn into his family through the death and resurrection of his son, Jesus. And we get to decide whether we want to accept his offer of being his friend. And so today, if we focus only on the aspect of being friends with Jesus, then we're missing half the story. So being born again by the Spirit and becoming part of God's family becomes our standpoint. That's the bottom line. And no matter what, nothing at all can ever separate us from God. I am God's child and nothing can change that. And that's the same for you too. But just like in the physical, where we can have family members that we're a little bit more distant from, that's also the same in the spiritual. So I can be in God's family, I can be a co-heir with Jesus, but I don't necessarily um, become his friend. You see, just like in the example with me and Becky, being a friend with Jesus is about relationship and also doing life together. And so now that we've looked at that foundation, let's understand that, you know, as believers, we are adopted into the family of God. Let's have a look at what the next step is so that we can be friends as well as family. And there's two areas that we're going to look at. And the first one is this, Jesus's friendship towards us. 
So I would like to invite Phil to come and join me on the stage. This is Phil, and Phil's going to play the, the role of Jesus for us today. <laughs> Thank you. So I, I think there are two walks that we can kind of have in life, and this is the first one. So I know Jesus, I'm a part of his family, but I go about life and I go about my walk, I'm so busy with everything going on. I know he's there because actually if you read in the next chapter of John, in John 16, he tells us that he's never going to leave us. But I'm so busy with everything going on and I just keep him in the background And then I get to a point where I'm hit with all these burdens and struggles and things that, you know what, they're just a bit too heavy for me to carry. And then I start to panic or let fear creep in and I can start thinking, okay, what am I going to do about this? Maybe I get on the phone and I start ringing people and I like get myself all panicked and worried about it. And then I get to a point of going, Jesus, can you come and help me? And you know what? He's ready to come and help straight away. And he'll either carry the burden with me, or if it's just too heavy, he'll just take the whole thing. But then the other kind of walk that we can have is the second walk, where actually, again, I know Jesus, I'm in his family, but this time I invite him to come and walk along with me. So we kind of chat, we are in communication, And I'm constantly relating to him so that when I get to the same burdens, this time, because I've just been in conversation straight away, I naturally go, Jesus, can you help me with this? And straight away, he'll take it. Thank you, Phil. Thank you so much. (laughs) But you see, the burdens aren't any different. The struggles aren't any different. They're the same, because Jesus has told us, in this life, in this world, you will have trouble, but he has overcome the world. The difference is that on the first walk, I've gone about things doing my own thing for a while, knowing that he's there and, and I'm part of his family, and then I've got to asking him to help. Whereas if I'm constantly in conversation with him, it comes naturally for me then to just say, oh, can you help me, straight away. And it, allows, it doesn't allow fear and panic to kind of have its hold and set in. That's the key difference. And there are some key characteristics to a good friend. And that's being kind, helpful, caring, fun to be with, encouraging, invested, respectful of boundaries, reliable, trustworthy, and forgiving. And I think you'd agree that actually Jesus demonstrates all of those character traits. And he demonstrates them so well that actually I don't actually have time now to go into each one in depth. In fact, I think that you could make an entire message series just on that alone. So I just want to focus on a couple of things that were highlighted to me when I read that uh, scripture in John 15. And the first one is this. Jesus is so caring and kind that he doesn't force his friendship on us. He offers it to us freely, but he leaves it for us to decide if we want to accept that offer and if we want to invite him to be a part of our daily lives. In John 15... In verse 13, it says, There is no greater love than to lay down one's life for one's friends. And you know what? Jesus did exactly that. Can you imagine how much he must love us to do that? Like, seriously, how much he he loves us. Can you imagine how difficult it must be for someone who loves you that much that they die for you to then wait patiently for you to accept their offer of friendship? 
to kind of watch over us, love us, wait for us to talk to him and wait for us to want to walk with him and do life with him. Think about that for a moment. Think about how we feel when someone we love is too busy to spend time with us. But you know what? Jesus doesn't resent us for that. Instead, he patiently waits, and his ears are attentive to us, and his arms are open wide, ready for us the minute that we turn to him. He loves, he loves us, sorry, BC. He loves us. He loves you. He really, really loves you. And when you love someone that much that you would die for them, you want to be with them always, all the time. And he's able to do that. Jesus can be personal best friend to each one of us, individually, all at the same time. And he does that. And this is what he means in John 16, verse 7, where he says, But in fact, it is best for you that I go away, because if I don't, the advocate, and that's the Holy Spirit, won't come. And if I do go away, then I will send him to you. And what that, is, what that means is because Jesus ascended to heaven to be at the right hand of the Father, it was at that point that the Holy Spirit was able to be given out to all believers. And through that, Jesus is no longer restricted to a physical body like we are. It means that he can be personal best friend one-on-one with me at the same time that he can be personal best friend one-on-one with Pastor Nick at the same time that he can be personal best friend to Natalie or Paolo at the back doing media there. And you know what? It enables him to be and go places that other people can't go for us. You know, there are times when we would like people to be with us or they can't meet our needs or be there for us in the way that we would want them to be. But Jesus can. And he can be and go places where, we, where others can't go for us either and where we can't go for others. Sometimes we can't meet another person's needs physically for whatever reason that is, but Jesus can do that and he can go there on our behalf because he's not restricted by the same limitations that we are restricted to. And in John 15, verse 9, We read, I have loved you even as the Father has loved me. Remain in my love. And again, I'm just going to say it again. He really loves you. And he's asking us to abide, remain in, and stay connected to his love. Because this, and this means allowing him to walk with us side by side daily and allowing him to be that personal friend. He's made that invitation to us, but we need to accept that. The second thing that caught my attention in John 15 is in verse 15 it reads, I no longer call you slaves because a master doesn't confide in his slaves. Now you are my friends since I have told you everything the Father has told me. And I read that and I was like, wow, what a privilege. What a privilege that is. Because let's just be honest, okay, we've just celebrated the Queen's Platinum Jubilee. Now if the Queen if the Duchess of Cambridge or Paddington Bear even were to ring me up and say, hey, Kim, I want to be friends. Do you fancy getting together for a coffee and a catch-up? I would be ecstatic. I wouldn't shut up about it. I'd be telling everybody. I would. Okay, now, let's be realistic. That's probably not going to happen. But do you know what? The creator of the universe, the king above all kings, including the queen, calls you and calls me his friend. Yeah. 
And you know what? He shares with us everything that the Father has shared with him. But we don't seem to get as excited and worked up about that. And why is that? And you know what? Normally, when we have a master and we are serving someone or working for them, they don't necessarily like to get their hands dirty. And they don't necessarily share or confide things in us. But Jesus does. Again, as Phil greatly demonstrated, he is ready the minute we go to him. And he doesn't mind getting his hands dirty. He will take your burdens and carry them for you. No questions. There's no airs and graces with Jesus. He's kind and he's caring. And so we've seen a couple of the ways that Jesus demonstrates his love to us. But for any friendship or any relationship that is to be good and to be healthy, it has to work two ways, and that's no different with our relationship and friendship with Jesus. So let's look now at how we can demonstrate our friendship back to him. So one of the things that came to mind, and one of the things I've kind of learned in my journey is that the longer that I walk with Jesus and the closer that we are, and the more that we talk, the more that I get to understand his heart, and I get to understand the things that burden him. And then what happens is, over time, his burdens begin to replace mine. And what I find is, actually, his burdens are lighter. Because you see, in Matthew 11, 28 to 30, it says, Then Jesus said, Come to me, all you who are weary and carry heavy burdens, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you. Let me teach you because I am humble and gentle at heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy to bear. And listen, and the burden I give you is light. But I think we don't always notice that or realize that until we start getting involved in carrying his burdens. And actually what happens in our relationship is it moves from being all about Jesus coming to help me and carry my burdens to sharing of, okay, Jesus, let me take on and carry some of yours. Let me help you and partake in that. Good friends are invested in each other's lives. They make time for one another and they take an interest in the matters that are important to the other person. They notice what matters, they begin to care about that, and then they develop this passion and want to do something about it. And what I've noticed is that considering all the things that Jesus has done for us, he doesn't really ask a lot from us in return. Not really when you compare it. And in John 15 verse 10, We read, when you obey my commandments, you remain in my love, just as I obey my Father's commandments and remain in his love. I have told you these things so that you will be filled with joy. Yes, your joy will overflow. This is my commandment. Love each other in the same way I have loved you. And then in verse 14, it says, you are my friends if you do what I command. And then in verse 17, this is my command. Love each other. And so the best way that we can demonstrate our friendship to Jesus is one, spend time with him, stay connected, keep talking, and secondly, do what he asks and love others the way he loves us. There's no point in us saying that we're friends with Jesus if we don't do the one thing that he asks us to do. If we're going to take an invested interest in the things that matter to him, then we need to actively do that, actively. 
In Matthew 28, in the Great Commission, and we may be familiar with this verse, it says, Jesus came and told his disciples, I have been given all authority in heaven and on earth. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Then verse 20 says, teach these new disciples to obey all the commands I have given you. And be sure of this, I am with you always, even to the end of age. And so Jesus tells us that he wants us to go and make disciples and then teach these new disciples all the things that he, all the commands that he's given us. And then wouldn't you agree that the best way for us to make new disciples is to show them love and show them his love? And I think that's what he means in John 15, in verse 16, where it says, I appointed you to go and produce lasting fruit. Because I think that when Jesus commands us to love others the way that he loves us, it draws people to him. And then when they, the new disciples, which we've just read about in Matthew 28, when they understand that command to love others the way Jesus loves them, they then bring other people to Jesus, and then so on and so on. And then what you see is this continuation of fruit that just keeps on growing and growing and growing. And that's what Jesus means by producing lasting fruit, because it continues to grow and goes way beyond ourselves. And it's not a chore to do that. In John 15, 11, it says, I have told you these things so that you will be filled with my joy. Yes, your joy will overflow. So it's meant to be a joy. It's not a chore. And actually, I think once we start getting into that and carrying those burdens and, and getting involved and partaking in things that Jesus has asking for us and the things that are on his heart, it's then that we experience the joy of his joy, that his joy. But we need to be available and ready to walk alongside others in exactly the same way that Jesus wants to walk alongside us. We need to make time for each other, and we need to slow down and have proper conversations. And this is kind of something we were talking about in our singles ministry purpose a couple of weeks ago, how we kind of just do the hi and bye now. And when we go, you're right, we're not actually saying, how are you, or are you okay? We're just kind of saying, hello. But if we slow down and have conversations, it's a way for us to be able to express, express, express sorry, and show love and then those people can do likewise. We can't do that if we're rushing around and it's just the high buy all the time. And showing people love like that, that's one way that we can demonstrate our friendship to Jesus by doing that thing that he asks. And so if the worship team would like to come back up. You see, Jesus has chosen you and he wants you to be his friend and not just a follower. You see, followers may know someone, they may know their name, they may know a little bit about them, but friends have a personal relationship and they do day-to-day life with each other. Followers tend to watch and keep an eye on what someone is doing, but friends actively get alongside someone and they join in. So today you may call yourself or recognize yourself to be a follower of Jesus, but are you his friend? And would you allow me to be a friend to you guys this morning? I would just like to offer four responses to my message. 
and it's this. And just to share with you guys, I shared this with the first um, service as well. When I was writing these um, responses down, I had a really clear vision um, come to my mind when I was writing this of a man standing shoulder to shoulder with other people with his arm around them, just like that. And that's what it looks like when we stand up and come alongside our friend Jesus. That's exactly what it looks like. So maybe today you would like to make the decision to accept Jesus as your Lord and Savior and kickstart a whole new, brand new relationship and friendship. Maybe you know that you're in his family, but you were kind of more of a distant relative or you have a distant relationship and you just want to get that little bit closer again. Thirdly, maybe you know Jesus, but you've been so busy lately that it's been a long time since you've actually had a proper conversation. And maybe you just want to make a decision today just to walk that little bit closer to him. And finally, maybe you just want to say, do you know what, Jesus, I want to be a better friend to you. And I want to help carry some of the things that are on your heart and partake in that. So if you're prompted by any of those responses this morning, while we worship together, I just want to invite you to just come and stand at the front and just take that as an opportunity to, one, have a conversation with Jesus and start that conversation with him. And secondly, use it as an opportunity to actively stand up alongside him as he puts his arm around you. Thank you, VCC. Thank you, worship team.